Well, what's the problem, officer? Deploy from the vehicle. But what? If you're caught driving without a seatbelt, you will be removed from your car and shot. The police now have the authority to enforce seatbelt safety under the new Patriot Act 2. The new law is in effect now, so click it or be shot. Officers don't like doing this. They are only following orders. It's for your own protection in the never-ending fight against terrorism. Terrorist acts such as mouth noise, burping, and farting could be annoying to others. So under Patriot Act 2, eating will no longer be permitted in restaurants. Anyone eating outside the designated eating area will also be shot. It's the law. The law. We like saying that. The law. The law. The law. The law. The law. It's the law. You found the place for trans substantiation. The Brit Summers Show. I love you, you freaking son of mine. You're the best daddy yet. I had a kid when I was still a big player. Now I have a few. They're not kids, they're filthy midgets. Watched him grow so dang cute. Made me real proud too, boy. I need a bottle of tequila. Stayed up way past midnight when they borrowed the car. One was stumbling in and one was making hell. You wanna kiss me? Waited back inside, sat down and tried to think. But I just kept on freaking out. Father's Day. Daddy gonna spank me. Your kids make you cry Father's Day. I love you, son. When you think of the day they arrive Father's Day. Come to Papa. Father's Day. If your kids give you any lift, you can beat them with a sack of sweet Valencia oranges. They won't leave a bruise and they'll let them know who's boss. 95.3, 96.9, 103.9, 1470 WWNN. Hi everybody, welcome to the Brit Summer Show, broadcasting live from a third world fascist state. Yes, it's Brit Summers, <laughs> proud member of Antifa, <laughs> because uh, I'm anti-fascist, you see. The way the right-wing media turns things around. Anti-fascist, bad. Pro-fascist, good. Uh -huh. And speaking of fascists, that's who runs our state where I'm broadcasting from in the state of Florida. Florida Coronavirus Update. I don't know. Nope. No updates there except for... Uh, yeah, we're spiking. We're, we're getting more cases reported. How many? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you that they've had... Uh, <laughs> the last number I saw was 8,000 new cases reported in one day. And where they got those numbers, I don't know. Uh, if you look at the uh, virus map, <laughs> Florida's solid red. We're way up there. But by how much? I don't know. Uh, how many dead? Pfft, take your pick. This is Florida. Will we proudly stand and say, eh, we don't care. Um, once again, I'm happily proven wrong. Uh, <laughs> like I said last week, another thing I was wrong about. Uh, several weeks back, I was lamenting that we've had very little rain this year. Now, for those who don't otherwise know, in Florida, if you don't have rain, you get hurricanes. And I think all the way up until late May, uh, we had like maybe two days of rain. Almost drought conditions, but considering the media we have here, they ain't going to tell you that. No. So, I've been proven wrong because <laughs> within the last almost three weeks now every day with a couple of days in between of sunshine every day it's been raining 60 70 80 90 percent chance of rain and that's good news because when you get a lot of rain you don't get a hurricane uh, but don't don't confuse the chamber of commerce down here about that oh no it's another day of sunshine well that's great but we need rain too so i'm happy about that because our uh, grounds are, are cooled down to the point where we're not a target 
for a nasty hurricane. And for all I know, I could be wrong about that. We'll get one anyway. But I can tell you this much. As long as I've lived here, if it's a rainless year, you get a hurricane. And that's that. And I never understood this song. I'm a big fan of the Guess Who, but this one I never got. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing a rain dance here in Florida. But guess who? And they did another song, the same, I think it was the same album, uh, or with a following album. Uh, it's another song I, I didn't understand. <laughs> Albert Flasher. Who I, I, I don't know who that is. Who is Albert Flasher? There's a workshop owner in the gods for the people and myself to the Okay. Baby and me were rather the picking Uh-huh. Oh, that was the day we ran into Albert Flasher. Albert! What? Albert. Yeah, Burton Cummings, he has a, uh, a, a very elaborate Facebook page. He writes on there a lot. And he even gives backstories on all the songs he wrote. But he never gave one on this. And I still don't get it. Burton and Bachman, they're touring next year. They were supposed to tour this year, but obviously that was postponed. But they're still going strong. He can't hit those high notes no more, as he admits, but uh, they sound good still. Okay, so I went off track. Oh, where am I? What am I talking about here? Oh, yeah, Antifa. Antifa. Uh, again, another messaging problem from the left. Why didn't they just say anti-fascist? What did it have to put? It play right into the right wing's hands, like this: uh, defund the police, defund the police. That's not what it means. And they, uh, the Trumpers, the neocons, they just <clears throat> ran with that ball. No, they don't want you to have any police, ladies and gentlemen. I tell you, the Democrats are are, are going to take away all of your protection and all of your security. And all the, yeah, no, that's not what it means. Stupid. Hey, stupid. And what it means is they're going to restructure. What they should have said is restructure the police. But they don't think about messaging because what do I always say? Democrats don't understand the media, nor do they want to try. They just don't care. They don't care. And their idea of messaging is whatever blurts out of their ass. Like, defund the police. <sighs> you know, we've had several police stations defunded in this area where I live over the years. And we have one all-encompassing police force, and that is the Broward Sheriff's Office and on Palm Beach PBSO. But they're in little towns, the little hamlets that we have here, there are uh, police stations for each of them. So a lot of them, are, they were defunded. A lot of them are gone. One, corruption, but two, mainly, they weren't needed. And nobody misses them. We have BSO here. Uh, actually, they have jurisdiction all over this county. So uh, the smaller police stations are uh, just a matter of convenience, really. And there are several of them that I could mention on the air, but no one would remember them. And, and they're gone. You can't complain about them no more because they're gone. And we still have police here. Uh, still have the little police stations, too. Uh, but they did defund those stations, and they reappropriated the funding. Really, that's all that means. How much simpler can it be? But when you're dealing with simpletons, simple minds, it's easy to convince them that what you're saying is you're going to get rid of all the police. Everybody's going to die. You will all die. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, stupid. Hey, stupid! That ain't got nothing to do 
with what it means. And, and then the, uh, <laughs> in addition to that, here they go again. The uh, lip-strumming Republicans, the media that they have, <laughs> grasping at straws. Whenever that happens, they have to bring up, dredge up, the name George Soros. <laughs> again, George Soros is their backup file. <laughs> They're saying that Antifa is funded by George Soros. Uh-huh. The only thing George Soros funds is maybe his Reuben sandwich that he has for lunch. That guy is such a mumza, he won't write a check for nobody. Especially for anybody in broadcasting. George Soros. That's always the easy go-to name for them. Never, ever bring up Sheldon Adelson. Oh, no, he's okay. Oh, he's all right. They both have the same amount of money, but Adelson gives to the right, and Soros supports candidates on the left. Really, that's about as far as he'll go. He sends uh, contributions to Democratic candidates, and that's about it. He doesn't fund anything. He doesn't fund Antifa. And here's the reason why. There's nothing there to be funded. If any of you or anybody you know is against fascism, then you are Antifa. It's as simple as that. But they got to spin it around and flip it around and turn it on, it on its head. And now that's a bad thing because fascism good. Antifa bad. Yo. And that's what these right-wing AM radio talkers, Hannity, Levin, and all them, they keep pounding on it and pounding on it. Antifa's a... Uh, uh, I don't What are they saying? It's a fascist organization, but it's called Antifa? <laughs> People are so goddamn stupid. Something for all you weird beard rednecks out there who support this monkey. You're disgracing the memory of every World War II GI who fought for this country. Who fought against fascism. Hey, stupid! And of course, Trump, he's upset with Fox News because despite Tucker Carlson, once in a while, once in a blue moon, Fox News errs on the side of reason. <laughs> Once in a while, and that pissed him off. So off he went to OANN, whose pro their promo sounds something like this. This is One America News Network. <laughs> they got a billionaire Nazis financing that thing. And it looks like crap, and it sounds like crap. That's the news he likes. Because they got their tongue way up his uh, big pasty ass. Everything they say is correct, yeah. <laughs> like Antifa's bad. And then he comes down on this old man, who is a nice guy. Here we have, you ever think we have a president of the United States going after a private citizen who hasn't done anything wrong? You know, it could be Antifa. He could be a bad guy. You know, if he uh, fell down faster than he was pushed, it looks suspicious to me. Antifa! And where did he get that from? Sputnik. Da, Sputnik, boys and girls. That's what he listens to. That's that. That's that's his brain worm, and all this bubba might see about Antifa, but he doesn't talk about uh, Eric Prince being involved with his unmarked Blackwater cops. I know they're not called that anymore, but screw you, Eric Prince. I'm gonna keep calling it Blackwater, no matter how many more names you give your murder incorporated organization. So he's got Blackwater murderers posing as cops without any kind of ID. And I'm certain with the blessing of Bill Barr. But nobody talks about that. Instead, they have to come up with this. Antifa, this fictitious terrorist organization that doesn't exist, but they won't call Blackwater, or they won't call a Klan terrorist organizations. That's okay, because they're good people on both sides. No, the, oh, oh, please, something happened to him. Oh, God. They don't call this the, these uh, boogie picker boys. The boogaloo boys. Boogaloo boy. They don't call them a terrorist organization. And they actually are gun-toting terrorists. But this Eric Prince, and I don't mean the spaghetti, he is, the, he is also a terrorist because he has been in charge of this uh, mercenary outfit, <clears throat> which is no better than Murder Incorporated, he is like today's version of Abe Relis. 
if you remember who that is. I, I equate Betsy DeVos's brother, Eric Prince, to Abe Rellis. Oh, yeah. With the difference of he knows how to comport himself in front of corporate. Abe Rellis couldn't pull that off. But he is a murderer, and he hires murderers who at one time served in armed forces, uh, but were thrown out. Like General Thoroughly Modern Millie almost was. Do we know that for a fact? No. But yeah, a general serving in the armed forces can be court-martialed. And I'm certain he was threatened with that. Uh-huh. So that's what Blackwater is. And that that's who's on our streets posing as an officer. Along with other slack agencies like uh, prison guards, ICE, and the park rangers. Kellogg's brings you... Well? Yogi Bear. For the longest time, I thought impersonating an officer was against the law. I guess when you have Bill Barr for AG, anything goes, as long as it's in Bill Barr's favor. Got your eye on a country to occupy? How about some all-American genocide? Private mercenary corporations are not accountable to any law in the new world order. Let Blackwater USA spill blood for you. Blackwater's inadequately trained assassins are now available for hire to the highest bidding billionaire. Simply log on to our website and we'll whore ourselves out to murder anyone you choose. We take pride in upholding the laws that don't govern us. Our favorite trophy was our massacre in Baghdad Square, since cleared by the State Department. We're proud to say over 20 dead and one car burned so bad a mother melted into her baby. <laughs> what a mess. Leave the murder to Blackwater USA Security, making you proud to be an American. Thank goodness it's fun with Brittany Summers on the Brit Summers Show. Blackwater USA. How about that Eric Ray? What a prince of a guy. He's making millions of dollars to make people die. All right, the Godfather. Who's for old time's sake? If you want little girls slaughtered, Blackwater USA. They give us guns to shoot and murder such a hoot. We can do anything we wanna, not like the U.S. troops. We hire guys like Jeffrey Dahmer that worship Tim McVeigh. A patriotic blood shower, like water USA. Shot people holding their arms up and sitting in their cars. Try to surrender. We blew his head clean off. You don't have to provoke us. The rest of love you away. We're highly paid compilers. Blackwater USA. Murder incorporated killers. Blackwater USA. You're listening to the Brit Summer Show. All of these protests that we've had over the past several weeks have brought about some long overdue positive changes to this country, which I'm glad to see with the Civil War monument. And I heard a very, Chris Cuomo said it's very true. You can't erase our history. It must be studied. But do not glamorize traitors to this country, which is what the Confederacy was. And of course, Trump embraces it because he is a traitor. But among the changes that are happening rapidly, which is great, like NASCAR removing the Confederate flag. Oh! Well, a lot of chaw-chewing hillbillies are going to be upset about that. 
forgot to mention last week, HBO Max, which I don't have, nor will I ever get, uh, dropped uh, Gone with the Wind from its library. And not to mention, what was it, Billboard or Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They reclassified Urban Rap as the more, and I feel more appropriately titled, Progressive Rhythm and Blues. Okay. I mean, it's a long way from Buddy Guy and B.B. King, but yeah, okay. Uh, but they dropped uh, Gone with the Wind from their list, and, and here's my opinion about that. Okay. <laughs> Care less. Okay. There's only one high point to that movie. <laughs> because uh, there's not one time it was ever on that I didn't pass out and go to sleep. It, it's just boring. Uh, but at the very, very beginning, and, and to me, the only part worth watching is Superman is in it uh, for about, I don't know, two minutes. He has a bit role. George Reeves, Superman, is in that movie. It was one of his early roles. And you don't get to see George Reeves in many other roles other than Superman. And yeah, there he was. So that that's pretty much the highlight. And it's all downhill from there. What a snoozer. And then you had uh, Birth of a Nation. Oh, boy, was that racist. The Klan was the hero? <laughs> and how do I know that? When I was taking film as lit in college, that was required viewing. Yeah. And even then, I'm like, whoa, talk about racist. Ooh. But that's been pretty much banned. It was good cause. But if memory serves, uh, from what I remember of Gone with the Wind, I think uh, Clark Gable's character of Rhett Butler, his character was skeptical about what the South was doing, and he kind of figured that uh, they were going to lose. It was a losing proposition, and he was on the wrong side. At least that's what I got from it, at least until I fell asleep. So, yeah, they made us watch Birth of a Nation, followed by Potamkin. And then I went back to sleep again. <laughs> That's another boring movie. Potamkin, uh, a famous Russian movie that um, if you watched Woody Allen's Bananas and you see the baby carriage going down the steps, that's a parody on Potamkin. You, you know, you think about all of the great... And this is the end of the Irving Thalberg era in Hollywood. And 1939 produced some of the most famous Hollywood films ever produced. I don't even have to mention The Wizard of Oz, although it, in 1939 it bombed at the box office and was not considered a classic as it is now. But uh, you, Of Mice and Men, which I think should have won for Best Picture. Oh, George is my friend. George is my friend. <laughs> Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. The Roaring Twenties with Cagney and Bogart. Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's like all of the uh, famous films. 1939 was the culmination of all that. Uh, but but what, what gets all the notice is uh, Gone with the Wind. The, the most boring one of the bunch. Yeah, but it was about slavery and it was about the South and all. It, it was boring. And it was a big waste of money. And I'm pretty sure back then the politics of the business back then was it won because it was the most expensive one made that year. But that brings me to, and maybe this is unrelated to really, well, yeah, it is in a way. Uh, Tom Hartman, who is the smartest man in the world, and we're very fortunate to have him on the air, not down here, but in most parts of the country, Tom Hartman, also on uh, Free Speech TV. I've always had a great deal of respect for the professor, Tom Hartman. And uh, rarely do I raise an eyebrow when listening to his show. So <laughs> far be it for me to have a disagreement with Tom Hartman. I mean, what do I know? I'm just some crazy tranny in South Florida. This is Tom Hartman. But he said something that really bugged me. And Tom, if you're listening, this is not a criticism. It's just uh, here's how I see it. When Tom. Uh, OK, first, let me tell you what he said. In the 1960s, African-Americans were portrayed as buffoons, near-do-wells, or bad guys. And I understand why he said that. The problem I have is, during the 1960s, African-American actors and 
black representation on television uh, made great achievements in the 1960s, groundbreaking achievements. And uh, I really believe what he's saying, it, it, it is true of Hollywood in the 30s, 40s, and early 50s, and early television in the early 50s. Yeah, they were. It's true. Not so in the 60s, and I'm going to tell you why. In any dissertation on how African Americans are portrayed in film, they always go to the Amos and Andy stuff, which dates way back. First of all, Amos and Andy was a radio show, and it first went on the air in 1928. And it was racist as hell. I mean, first of all, both guys were white, doing blackface on the radio. And uh, yeah, it was. It was It was totally racist. But then came 1950, I think 1950 or 51. And back then they would take hit radio shows and turn them into TV shows because eh, it's the beginnings of television. It was easy to do. But here you had an all-black cast working on national television in 1951, which is pretty amazing. Nobody takes that into account. And, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great show, but if, if you actually watched one, you would be hard-pressed to tell the difference between two black guys scheming for a quick buck and a, a startup business or something and failing miserably at it. You'd be hard-pressed to tell the difference between that and two Irish guys in Brooklyn called the Honeymooners doing exactly the same thing. It was the Honeymooners. The plots were just <laughs> dating back to Laurel and Hardy. Two guys going into business they know nothing about and then failing at it. Just like the Honeymooners. But that's the TV show. Yeah, the radio show. That was racist. And then there was uh, Beulah. That that was really racist. But here's the problem. Everybody skips over this part. Along came Nat King Cole. This is where everybody gets it wrong. Nat King Cole has been touted, and correctly so, as the Jackie Robinson of television. And what that means is, he was the first to star in his own variety show, breaking the color barrier. <clears throat> no, his show wasn't in color. He did a special later on, that was. But Nat King Cole, in 1956 through 1957, had a very well-received hit variety show on NBC. The network loved it, the viewers loved it, but the sponsors did not. That was the problem. Back then, they couldn't find a sponsor for a television show starring an African-American. Now, NBC took it upon themselves to carry that show most of the way, hoping they'd find a sponsor. And they didn't. And the top-name celebrities and talent that went on his show more than agreed to do it for uh, union scale because uh, they couldn't afford to pay him. So NBC... Back then, they called it uh, adopting a show. And they, so they couldn't find a sponsor. They had to cancel it. Eventually, I had no choice. NBC supported him. According to Nat King Cole, they tried everything they could to keep that show on the air because the ratings were good. Uh, and after it was canceled, <clears throat> CBS put a group together to research a way to get a new show for him sponsored. And then Nat King Cole said, No. He said he didn't want to do it anymore. And he said, quote, because Madison Avenue can't see in the dark. Okay, so that's national television, 1950s. And we fast forward a few years up to 1963. David Suskind, who was an intellect that, that people don't remember, <laughs> he wanted to make television, part of it anyway, into a sophisticated form of entertainment. Which, if you ask me, was giving the audience way too much credit and he produced several shows that flopped because of it. And one of his first shows was called East Side, West Side, starring George C. Scott. And get this, co-starring Cicely Tyson. Now, that was about a social worker. It covered uh, heavy topics for the time. And if you want to see it, it is on YouTube. And you can see for its time, it's just too sophisticated for the television viewing audience. We must remember that we have triumphed and survived through dignity, 
For violence betrays our cause. Man, you crazy! You're all crazy! Joe, don't! How do you want to change the world when you can't even help my kids? Goodwin, will you please? Man, I'm talking about the truth here and now. Not a lot of people singing, protesting, and, and, and praying for the future. I'm talking about now, this second. That was James Earl Jones. And that show came up against so much censorship that uh, Tyson eventually left and Georgie Scott threatened to throw in the towel. CBS finally just put it up against. (laughs) Sing along with Mitch. Oi! And then went right off the air. But they did go 22 shows, so at least they did try. Yes. But yeah, look that up. East Side, West Side. Little known program produced by David Suskind. Introducing African-American actors into primetime serious television. And then we had Greg Morris, little-talked-about actor, who made the rounds on early 60s television, was in every show in one form or another, including the Dick Van Dyke show. That was the episode where they, they thought the baby was switched. And then, of course, on the Dick Van Dyke show, also had a Godfrey Cambridge playing a detective. Have I mentioned any bad guys or buffoons yet? No, and it gets better. Greg Morris was on those early shows and then eventually landed the role of Barney Collier on uh, Mission Impossible, the uh, tech guy. And right around that time, Hogan's Heroes, Ivan Dixon. He was the decoder and the radio guy. Uh, Star Trek went on right right around. We're talking mid-60s. We're talking 64, 65. Uh, Uhura was introduced. Nichelle Nichols, who, by the way, was lead singer for a while with uh, Count Basie. And then, and I hate to say it, but the historical perspective demands that I have to mention it, and it's tragic, and it's sad. But the one guy who broke the most ground for African Americans on television, I hate to say it, but it was Bill Cosby, an I spy. Nineteen sixty-five, that went on the air, and I have to say, it's still one of my favorite theme songs. Yeah, he played a secret agent, and uh, it was him and Robert Culp posing as tennis bums globe-trotting and uh, mumbling most of the show. They would mumble to each other. You couldn't make out the dialogue. But for three years, it was Bill Cosby on I Spy, and that broke the barrier. That was it. It was a huge hit TV show. Then you had, uh, around that time, you had Ironside. Oh, it's you, Mark. Yeah, Mark Sanger, played by Don Mitchell. 1968, the first sitcom starring a black actress, Diane Carroll, Julia. And then uh, right after that, you had the Leslie Uggam show, you had the Barbara McNair show, and then Flip Wilson, the biggest hit of the late. So it a bit big, almost as big as laughing. It was a huge success. Flip Wilson, and then uh, it went on from there. And then the early 70s came, and uh, you got Sanford and Son, and uh, <laughs> right back to Amos and Andy. Circle was complete. But yeah, the 1960s was a pioneering decade for African-American representation on television. I'm sorry to disagree with Tom Hartman. Who the hell am I to do so? But I do understand why. I mean, in the 1960s, Tom Hartman was busy becoming the most brilliant mind of our time. And uh, I doubt highly that he had much time to sit around like the rest of us eating bugles and watching television all day. So I can understand why he said that, and he probably heard that from, uh, I guess, other authors or other people who aren't quite as observant as I am. (laughs) But I hope he he heard what I said, and then maybe next time he says, instead of 1960s television was filled with buffoons and near-the-wells, yeah, 30s, 40s, and early 50s Hollywood. Don't forget, uh, the, the Defiant Ones with Sidney Poitier and Tony Curtis was 1958. So it's, it's too broad a generalization. He, he, I just wanted to clear that up. Okay. When I come back, it's fuck 12. I mean, F12. 
Yeah, just sitting back drinking some juice of juices, orange juice. You know, I've been dead a long time. I'm looking forward to seeing my old friend Bob Hope up here soon. Oh, he'd love it. They have golf up here in the great beyond, you know, and all the Christmases are white. Oh, hey, it's my old friend Sammy Davis Jr. Hey, Sammy. Well, oh, will you look at the time. You know, most of my kids committed suicide because they said I was an abusive father. Well, I'm glad they're all up here now because it's whipping time. Get me my belt. Oh, would you like to swing on a star? Beat your kids' heads with a crowbar. Ho, ho. Gotta go. Gotta tea time in 20 minutes. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you're listening to the Brit Summer Show still. And if you watch these protests, you'll see the signs. And I'm only going to say this once for my online audience because I don't want to spend hours post-editing. So uh, for the online audience at home, fuck 12. Like I said, the signs you see in those protests are F12. (laughs) For the radio station, I'll just say F. Yeah, I don't think Ajit Bai will mind. If you say F, but you see a lot of the signs that say F12. So I'm like, what is that? I didn't know what that meant. So naturally, I had to look that up. It's really silly where they got this. According to what I could find out, I mean, it varies. But more often than not, this is what I found. It originates from uh, the Oakland gangs, Oakland, California where they it's supposed to be F the police, but they used the patrol car designation in the TV show Adam 12 to symbolize F the police. What did Martin Milner ever do to you? (laughs) You know that guy, every role he got on television was behind the wheel. Every show he was in, he was driving. He was cast as a driver. He started in a Corvette and went to a Plymouth Belvedere and eventually wound, I think the last season was AMC Matador. (laughs) And I can only imagine that if he was around today, still still with us and working a great idea for a new series for martin milner would be titled uber or uberman he could be an uber driver and just drive around basically he's throughout his whole career he's just driving <laughs> what they do back then so well we, we need a driver for this role who do we get i know martin milner well somebody in oakland california is very upset about adam 12 <laughs> So they went with that. F12. That'll show you. And it, it's, I'm sorry, I think it's funny. But why stop there? Why not say uh, F Tootie and Muldoon? Or F54? Uh, F Barney Miller? <laughs> F Kojak? Uh, you go down the list. F Hill Street Blues. Uh, what else? Oh, it could go on forever. F. Jack Webb, mister. <laughs> yeah, so now you know, see? The wealth of information you garner from listening to this program, yeah? That's what F12 means? <laughs> Nobody said it. You notice they didn't say F. Andy Griffith. Uh, <laughs> they picked Adam 12. How about uh, F. Broderick Crawford, F-10-4, there you go. So we have a poser in office who is doubling down on his racist messaging to his racist base, which is all he has left. Just racists, which is about, oh, uh, between 28 and 37% of the population. Those who vote for racists. Chiefly, the villages and registered Republicans. And over the last couple of weeks, I've seen uh, there's this guy, Raynard Jackson, who is a, a black Republican, Trump supporter. And then he had those two women on Fox News, uh, uh, Sugar and Spice or uh, 
silk stockings and uh, whatever it was. They are what's called self-preservationists. Uh, along the lines of the Jewish Sonder Commandos. You know, those who betray their own people. And since, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if the reason was given, but Fox News fired those two women, uh, Silk and uh, Sugar or whatever their names were. They're a joke anyway. But they're, they're self-preservationists. Thinking, of course, thinking to themselves that they'll do better if they play both sides to the middle and kiss enough white ass that'll further their goals for whatever that is. And as Sonder Commandos in the camps will tell you, it doesn't end well. No. Speaking of Fox News, since they're telling everybody to go out and go catch the virus, they're not in the office. They're going to be home until the end of July, at least, and to probably extend that because they're afraid they don't want to get any kind of a virus and they don't want to get infected. But it's okay for you. It's okay for you to go out there and get infected. And more people will die from the virus at this uh, upcoming confirmed rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the site of the worst race riot, I think it was 1924, after the Civil War. It was Greenwood, Oklahoma, at one time called the Black Wall Street of America. It was a very prosperous town. And uh, the crackers, they just couldn't take it. They, they, their hatred just boiled over. And they went in there, burned the town down, and um, <laughs> killed, at best records were being kept back then, over 300 African-Americans killed them, including among them one of the top surgeons, African-American, one of the top most prominent surgeons in this country, Dr. A.C. Jackson, who ran outside to see what was going on and just got shot by some inbred redneck. Here's Eugene Robinson, who... I love his voice. He really should get a late-night FM jazz show. The significance of the place, Tulsa, the perhaps most horrific race riot in our nation's history, certainly one of them took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This was race riot according to what was the definition of a race riot up until the 60s, which was a riot by white people against black people. And and, and this centered on um, a part of Tulsa, African-American business district that had been known as the Black Wall Street. And it was, it was a horrific, a horrific mob attack on um, innocent African-Americans that killed uh, perhaps hundreds of people. It's unclear exactly how many. There are some, some efforts underway now in Tulsa to, to unearth what might be mass graves. It was a horrific thing, and, and that was 99 years ago. What did I say, 1924? Oh, okay, 1921. Uh, I had a couple of years off there. But I'm just waiting. Since we were t- talking about movies and television, there's never been a movie about Greenwood. I think they're, hey, Netflix, if you're listening, there you go. Somebody should make a movie. As long as they don't louse up the ending like they did in Rosewood. Oh, yeah. Rosewood, Florida, where there was another white on black massacre. Uh, and they did make a film about that, but then they screwed the ending up royally. They, they made it stupid. And, and it's a shame because it showed no respect to the people who died in Rosewood, Florida, because at the end, they got Ving Rhames to ride in there on a mighty horse and act like a hero and kill all the white guys. And that didn't happen. No, the crackers killed everybody. That was the real end of the movie but no they had to have a superhero come in and save the day nobody saved the day and the same thing for greenwood but and i've known about this i was going to bring it up a couple weeks ago but now it's thankfully it's it's out in the media now everybody's talking about it yeah greenwood the night they burned greenwood down and why did they burn it down because it was black that's all that was the only reason. And, of course, they used it to spark the anger. Um, a black guy in an elevator, this is, you know, who knows if it's true or not, uh, tripped as he was leaving the elevator and uh, to steady himself put his hand on the girl, ele- uh, the uh, elevator operator, which they had back then, who happened to be a white girl. And he just 
put his hand on her arm to steady himself as he stumbled going off the elevator and she screamed and hollered rape. That's the uh, unofficial story of how that, that happened. But I don't buy it. You know why? Because I think that was a long time being planned. I think they were planning to burn that place down for as long as they were building it. And the hatred in this country, if you haven't seen it already, why it runs pretty deep. And you're seeing white protesters getting pummeled and beaten. So you're getting some idea what the African-American community has gone through all these years. But we didn't have the luxury of cell phone cameras to record it. That's been going on for so long that we don't we'll never know how many. It wasn't recorded. It wasn't written down. It wasn't filmed. Uh, the most films we see are that of the early 60s, when I think that's newsreel footage that you see, when they're using the dogs and the fire hoses and all that and the Pettus March and all that. That's all from the news archives. And uh, if it wasn't for that, they could try to erase that too. But they can't. No. In fact, the new thing these days with the right-wing media is even if you see it with your own eyes, they'll convince you otherwise that that's not what happened. And they're very successful with it. Man, I tell you, I am dreading that Tulsa, Oklahoma rally on the 19th. Of course, it won't be till after two shows from now. But I am not looking forward to it. Man, is he going to throw gas on the fire. You just know he's gonna. Because once he's in front of his... Now, he's supposed to make some speech that Santa Commando Stephen Miller... (laughs) Not that one. But uh, he he allegedly wrote a speech about (laughs) racial harmony in the United States. (laughs) That ought to be a beaut. We we could talk about that next week, but I am not looking forward to the, the rally. You know, it's killing him to say the N word. Just come right out and say it like he does, as you probably already know, behind closed doors all the time. I know he's just dying to say it. Uh, what did he say here? Look at my African-American over here. Look at him. You know, that's not what he wanted to say. He's a bigot and a racist and every other negative thing you can describe. He's just, a, it, it, he's not human. He's not human. Oh, and by the way, if by chance you know of anyone who plans to attend the Tulsa rally, you may want to point out that they have to register first. And I just so have, thanks to Richie Pactor, I just so happen to have a waiver that you have to agree to in order to register to go to his Tulsa rally. You ready for this? By clicking the register below, You are acknowledging that an inherent risk of exposure to COVID-19 exists in any public place where people are present. By attending the rally, you and any guests voluntarily assume all risks are related to exposure to COVID-19 and agree not to hold Donald J. Trump for President, Inc., BOK Center, ASM Global, or any of their affiliates, directors, officers, employees, agents, contractors, or volunteers liable for any illness or injury. And that's just below it. There's a little red square. So register. <laughs> Have fun. Bathtub crank. The drug of choice for redheads. Bathtub crank. And a can of Mountain Doo-Doo. Just one kind of pasty and bread Christian in Hicksville. And that goes for every town in God's country with a cross on their hill. Yeah, it's all them pea-brained, redneck, prank-loving, mugwump Christians in Hicksville that are blindly loyal to the criminal royalty that's getting us killed. Now these green-teeth Toby Keith fans that are dumber than dog do. Are banging each other's wives, getting high as a kite, cause there ain't much else to do. And these God-fearing Christian Jesus freaks don't have to go south of the border. Just ask Brother Birch at your local church and place another order. Bathtub crank, the drug of choice for redheads. Bathtub crank, and a can of Mountain Dew Dew. 
So concludes the first portion of the Brit Summer Show. Thanks, everybody, on a graph for tuning in. I'll be here again next week. Yeah, believe it or not. And if you caught this half hour on Saturday night, uh, then uh, look forward to the full hour of the show, which will be edited accordingly. <laughs> and I'll see you here again next week on 95.3, 96.9, 103.9, 1470, WWNN. It's Brit Summers at the Brit Summers Show. Get off my butt If your daughter's so perfect Why'd she marry such a putz Father-in-law You think you're better than me But I don't eat in cafeterias And I have cable TV Always wearing black shoes With Bermuda shorts You complain about sciatica You won't drive an import Too much swearing in the mood Radio.com, FYINation.com, SoFloRadio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, Patreon, TheBritSummerShow.com, Google Play with this, and assorted and sundry other things that, uh, whatever it is. Thanks for staying with me on The Brit Summer Show. If you've missed any of my previous programs, uh, you can access them quite handily on SoundCloud, which if you go to my website, it will take you directly into SoundCloud. Or you can listen to it on the, on the website itself. But if you double-click on the current show, it takes you right into SoundCloud. And, of course, all of the downloads are free. This is a listener-supported program. And I'm very fortunate to say that I have an underwriter for the show. And that would be Ernie. Hello. Thank you, Ernie, and thank you to everyone else who has contributed and not only help keep the show going, but uh, pays for the services provided free to you. And like I always say, if you can't afford it with this uh, pandemic and everything, don't worry about it. You don't have to. I know I'm begging all the time, but you, you can just uh, pass my linky dink. That's fine. And it's a big, big help. It's enough of heaviness for now. We're, we're going to we're in store for a lot more misery. So I'm going to turn to the file of phony news <laughs> only because it's funny no this is not true but i was surprised to learn if you're familiar with the uh, checkout tabloid weekly world news <laughs> which used to be at the checkout they're gone now everybody who used to work there now works for fox news or oan or uh, breitbart because those were <laughs> a bunch of schlubbadinkies who sit around and dream up stuff. Kind of like this one, which I didn't know they were still around, but they're online apparently, and I saw this posted. <laughs> this just in from the Weekly World News. And I had to bring it to your attention, only because it's really, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. A Florida lap dancer has been arrested in Miami for assaulting five police officers with her vagina and using it as a deadly weapon without the intent to kill. Brittany Simmons, no relation, 24, was performing at the Camel Toe Strip Club. <laughs> but no place like that exists. We got our share of strip clubs, but none of them are named that. When an altercation began between Simmons and several clients at the club, Miami police were called in to intervene and then attempted to apprehend Simmons who was highly intoxicated and acting erratically, according to the official police report. 
Five Miami Police Department officers attempted to place Simmons under arrest, but officers were momentarily indisposed when the lap dancer ejected vaginal fluids towards the officers. Squirt, squirt. Temporarily blinding three and injuring two. I'm blind! There's a report from the Weekly World News. The same people who brought you Bad Boy and eventually ran to be our governor and now is our senator, Rick Scott. Now, that caught my eye because when I was at the sports station, <laughs> you know, sports is like next to godliness. It's, it's righteous and good and clean. Well, our sponsors primarily <laughs> existed of strip joints, swing clubs, and restaurants, uh, uh, sports bars. One of them, which I don't think exists anymore. We had to do these appearances there. And one of them had a stripper working there who fired ping pong balls out of her vagina. And of course, after seeing that, a bit quickly ensued. Sitting here for my When you want to get your yayas looking at some yabas, go to the Gaza. Strip joint, that is. Hello, I'm Joey Gaza, owner and proprietor of the Gaza Strip Joint. Inviting yous to come on down to the Gaza Strip, where we feature a wide range of talented girls that can perform amazing acts with a dollar bill or in one of our plushly apparented back rooms. This week's headliner at the Gaza is Jaja. You're gonna love this one, guys. She squirts grenades out of her uh, thing. So get your yayas at the Gaza. Gaza Strip Joint, located just one mile east of the industrial complex across from the abandoned Sinclair Station. True story, ladies and gentlemen, it actually happened. You're still listening to the Brit Summer Show if you dare to do so. <laughs> this is the most disgusting program. I urge everyone to complain to this station. And like I said... The Schmageggies who write that type of thing, they get hired by Breitbart, Fox News, and OAN. And any other right-wing organization who hires creative writers. And actually, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Even though it's not true. But hey, it amused me. My dad is an asshole. His big mouth is causing trouble. Crazy Jew raised you After all of my hit records All that my dad ever said was Don't expect to find a job When you get back from Vietnam Yes, my dad is an asshole A big mouth Stupid asshole Yes, the old guy But in all seriousness, I, I would say that we'd have to focus on my kids. Come on, shell out a few bucks to those little retards. Bye-bye. And you'll never walk alone. Bye-bye. Dean, Dean, are you dead? That wraps it for the Brit Summers Show on FYINation.com, SkyhawkRadio.com, SoFlowRadio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, Patreon, Google Play with this, and all those other things. Thanks for tuning in for this one, and I say with great trepidation, <laughs> have a good week. Oh boy, it's just going to get worse, boys and girls. But still, we persisted. So that's the way I see the world from here. And until next time, this is Brit Summer saying, Fuck this fucking president. Oh! Fuck this fucking president. Yes! I hate this motherfucker oh so much. Please, everybody go and register to vote so we can all say, Fuck this fucking president.
so low 